Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. So welcome back to the T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson. And me, Spencer Locker. Spence, hey. it's been some time. You know what? I was thinking that just the other day. It seems ages since we've sat down together in the, in the Hubcast room. And if you stop gallivanting around the world, <laughs> we might get more time to do more. So <laughs> what I mean by that is we've just finished a, a sort of global roadshow um, with Dave and Spencer um, going around the world. We've been to... Um, Costa Rica, we've been to Kuala Lumpur, uh, Poland, and now recently, your recent trip was India. Yeah. Pune in India. Pune in India, what a place. How did you find it, Spence? Um, well, I just got on a plane and the bloke took me. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, to be honest with you, uh, it's, uh, it's a, India's full of contradictions. Um, you've, uh, you live in the, um, I, was, I was staying in a nice hotel, uh, but it was in the middle of an area that wasn't um, so affluent. So um, the, ri- the rich and the poor are on yeah, each other's doorstep. Yeah, but the thing is, they just get on with it. Yeah, And it's such a vibrant place. It really is. And I'm not just on about the horror of the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> when I say horror, I mean bloody well, horror. Well, Spencer sent, <laughs> Spencer, sent me a, um, Spencer sent me a video two days into his trip, and he's walking down a road in India, in Pune, yeah. and there is cars there are trucks there are motorbikes there are bicycles and then there's a random cow <laughs> a sacred cow walking yeah. down the road just yeah. amongst all of the traffic yeah and, <laughs> and again when you talk to the indians about it because you it's unusual for you but it, to them it's just a well yeah that's what it is it's mobile it's it's mobile traffic calming yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so it was a cultural um eye opener for you certainly wasn't it? it was uh, they're so warm and friendly out there very accepting uh, they can't do enough for you but it's not as if it's a it's a, it's not as if it's um over and above and it's it's, it's sort of the, the going out of the way it's just the way they live so it's so relaxed and yeah it just is what it is and did you eat the local cuisine or did you stick to burger and chips in the hotel every night so you I, were... <laughs> I ate the local cuisine in the hotel uh, there's there's as much as uh, and I don't want to sort of get tripped up by being polite or things like that but I got advice from Indian people before I went out there yeah and one of the things they said is don't eat street food yeah um, if you're going to go out to a restaurant and you're eating in the restaurant make sure you eat in an area where you can see the cook- food being cooked yeah and um and, and also stick to the veggies yeah rather than the meat yeah so I, I sort of stuck with that but then I, I just because I'm because I'm I am a carnivore yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just started looking at, at um, feedback and recommendations for food places, um, but specifically for the hotel we're staying in. And everybody gave it glowing reports. And I thought, well, if you if if you eat it and you get deli belly, they wouldn't put that. Yeah. So I decided so you stuck to, to the hotel, so, but you, but, you but I was eating the Indian yeah, food. Yeah, brilliant. And it's so different to the Indian food we get over here. I bet it is. <laughs> bet it's proper Indian food. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you had a good trip. And as always, Spence, one of the things I task you with when you go on these uh, jollies, yeah. well, they're not quite jollies, it's hard work, but when you go and work with organizations and leadership teams out in different regions of yeah. the world, one of the things I task you with is, can you come back with some insights mm. um, you know, from those regions? Does it differ? Is leadership universally leadership? Or 
you know, culturally, is there a real difference to the way leaders operate in organizations? Is it still down to the individual and not not the collective? Mm. And I think um, what we've realized over this trip is there are differences. And we and because we do the psychometric testing as well, Spence, we yeah. see we see um, certain themes arising in certain regions. Mm. For example, when you went out to oh, sorry, when Dave went out to Poland, um, there were much more task goal up, uh, focused motivations in in those leaders. There were more directive. There were tend to be more strong in 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 their communication style, uh, in line with probably Brits. Um, but going out to India, you instantly the first thing you said to me when you came back was the sense of collaboration and harmony and being amiable was just apparent in India. Would you? Would that be fair to say? I, I think that would be fair to say. Um, it may. I've got. I've got to put my hand up here and say it may be specifically because of the company that we're working with. Yeah. Um, it may be specifically because of the guy I was working with, the guy uh, who was organising it all and and, and and making sure that I had everything, uh, the, the HR guy there, was so proactive, it was unbelievable. The things he was putting in place, not just to get the job done, but to keep the people happy. Yeah. Um, and he was so on the ball. He was ahead of the curve. I mean, I did tell you um, towards the end of it, they've actually, the company out there or the, the branch out there has um, collaborated with a local college uh, to provide discounts for training and courses for their people. And they don't have to be work-related. Mm -hmm. So when you started talking about personal development and, and, and people sort of moving forward, getting qualifications and this and the other, they're one... The, Basically, the two things in the, in India that stops people doing that is time and money. Yeah. I haven't got the time to do it. I haven't got the money to do it. Well, what they're doing is actually giving them the time and give it, getting a discount from this company that they're working with um, to be able to get them to learn things. And That's he's great. saying that these people may very well leave the company in the in, in the coming years. But when they go to another company, they can say, I got this qualification from Smith & Nephew, by Smith they, you, they made it happen. Do you know, one of the things I, I found when I've worked with Indian folk is, you know, um, the, there is a sense, there's a sense of collaboration, there's a real sense of um, positivity yeah. from a lot of Indian people. And I think, um, do, you, do you think, let me ask you this question, do you think coming from the upbringing they've likely to have experienced coming from where they still live today in the world and some of the challenges, like you said, you've got a five-star hotel mm. next door to a, a slum. You mm, know, yeah. it, it is literally that chalk and cheese yeah. still today. Um, but coming from where they come from, for some very, a very humbling background. Yeah. Do you think there's a sense of gratitude, constant gratitude of, of Indian people where that everything's a positive thing, and every and everything's a new day and a new opportunity. Do you think there's a there's a culturally yeah. a sense of that? I think I think there is. I think the the big uh, maybe because culturally and, and religiously, when you start talking about the Sikh and the Hindi religions, they are quite uh, reflective religions. I think I haven't looked into them too much, but um, they are sort of. It is what it is. But as long as your gratitude exceeds your expectations. Um, but if you achieve, you do it off your own back. Yeah, you absolutely. Yeah, but if you don't achieve, well, actually, that's you as well. Yeah, and you've got to. I, I always get <clears> the <throat> feeling that the you know the, the, they've got to work hard for it. Nothing's mm. given. Oh yeah, yeah. So definitely. so so they take like sometimes, and, and it's, it might be controversial or not, mm. but we challenge it all the time. Sometimes in this country, I think one of the problems we've got generationally potentially is 
in the Western world, our kids get everything from an early age. Certainly, yeah. They, they've got everything they ever want digitally, you know, physically, you know, from a from a facilities perspective with ho- luxury homes and that you know, and mm-hmm. and therefore when you have that, you it is inevitable that you're going to lose a sense of I have to work for everything because yeah. you never have had to. Yeah. Whereas I think in our, in countries still like India, you grow up with that philosophy of if you want to achieve anything, if you want to get yourself out of it, if you want to do something useful with your life, you've got to bloody work hard for it. Yeah. You know? And I think uh, to to just to try and put that into <laughs> perspective, because I did actually talk about this with the the guy who uh, who was actually I've got so much admiration for him. He's doing a great job out there. Um, but I was talking to him and he said, let me put this into perspective. The the actual geographical size of India is, I think it's five times smaller than the, the United States of America. Really? Yeah. But they've got five times the population. Yeah. So you've got something somewhere that's smaller that is more densely populated. And bearing in mind, when you look at the landmass of India, you've got what? I think you've got about 10 cities, 10 sort of reasonably sized cities. The rest of it is all rural. So when you're looking at education in a, from a rural perspective, it's basics. You've got to be able to read and write, and you've got to be able to do your maths, to be able to move from the rural to the suburban. Right. And when you get in suburban, you get a, a low-paid a low job. But then it's your responsibility then to improve your education to get a better job. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's moving. You've got these checkpoints. You've got these aim points. Moving from rural to suburban, uh, and then you're going from suburban up the ladder to to getting decent jobs. So you can't take anything for granted when you're starting to look at every job out there. The amount of competition because of the sheer size of the population, and, and a lot of you know a lot of Indian people I've met have immense drive, mm. and I think that's probably where it comes from culturally as well. Yeah, um, cool. All right, so. So you you brought something back with you that you was um, you instantly sort of spoke to me about. Yeah. Um, you said, Martin, I've learned this saying. I've learned this saying in India, yeah. and it absolutely correlates with a lot of our philosophies and beliefs and what we're trying to instill here in the Western world. And um, and when you when you spoke to me about it, it was um, it was just apparent that over there it's more of a, a cultural thing rather than in isolation it's what people do yeah and i think there's a lot we can take from it so go on share with us first what, what was the terminology you came back with right so the word that i was told by i'll, I'll give the guys credit it was a bloke called saurab yeah um and uh, he is work, working miracles out there but basically he told me this thing called jugara 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 and basically it means do what needs to be done with the resources that you have in the optimum time to the required standard to achieve the objective. Yeah. So, it, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, because I, I said something to you at the start of this mm. podcast, because I was I became interested, and then all of a sudden I saw something on social media recently, and it was a, it was a shorter quote than that, mm. but it was from Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. And um, it, it was something very simple, like, do what you can with what you have mm. in the moment. Yeah. Um, obviously, Jugara is a slightly extended version of that um, and a well-articulated version. But what you were sort of blown away with is that this isn't just one man's philosophy. Yeah, this is the Indian way. This yeah. is you, you. What do you say from the um, whether you're a 
yeah, for whether you're a guy, because the thing is, we see things on TV about India, and we see a guy or a girl, well, hey, I'm not, no judgment here, but we see somebody driving through, a, somebody will take a, a video of it, and it'll be a guy on a moped, and this moped will be loaded down with eight, ten bales of cotton or, or, or whatever products, and, and it just, to us, we sort of straight away, we think to ourselves, oh, health and safety, or we talk about, oh, so, something's going to happen here. But at the end of the day, this guy needs to get from uh, get him and his products or his, his goods from point A to point B, and he's got a moped. So he can feed so, his family. Yeah, so he that, can feed his family. That evening. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this is what we're talking so about, right? So this is it. From, from the guy who could sit outside a tin shack next to a road with all his products covered in dust, he's selling second-hand tyres or third-hand tyres or whatever. But the thing is, it's from that guy to the CEO of a multinational company. It is in their culture. It's not a it's not a conscious decision to start looking because we we compared it to challenge and threat state, didn't we? So well, before, before we do that, well, let, me, let me let me ask you a question. Let's break down what we mean. So Jugara, mm-hmm. just just read out the um the 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 meaning again. Right. So basically, is do what needs to be done with the resources that you have in the optimum time to the required standard to achieve the objective. So breaking that down then, that, that's more or less saying, and it sort of ties in nicely to when we talk about uh, there's two types of people in the Western world. Mm. There are those who will blame a lack of resources for a lack of their success, which is ironic really, because we have more resources than any other area of the world. Yeah. Maybe maybe withstanding the Far East now, the you know the up and coming mm. giants of Japan and China, etc. Mm. But let's face it, in the Western world, we have more resources than most. Yeah. Yet we have we probably have more people who blame a lack of resources for a lack of their mm. success. Yeah. And then we have those people who are incredibly resourceful. Mm. This ties into that notion of those who are resourceful, who do what they can with what they have to still drive the outcome in a timely fashion, you know, will always thrive and prosper. Yeah. That's what it's sort of saying, is it, Spence? So, I mean, to quote Gunny Highway, improvise, adapt and overcome. Uh, You've got to to realise that this needs to be done and nobody's going to do it for us and nobody's coming to help. So for me to achieve this, to achieve my objective, I have to be resourceful. I have to utilize what's available to me uh, to achieve the objective. And, and, and again, maybe it's not resources, maybe it's time. Because we talk, we talk about unconscious motivators, don't we? Mm. And you know what it's like with me. I, I come into the office on a, uh, on a morning and I know what my day looks like. Then you turn around to me and go, you see what you were going to do today, Spence? Forget that, you're going to do this. And I freak. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's but 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 the thing is, that's an initial reaction from me because I'm thinking, well, I don't have the time, and I'm, when am I going to do this, and when am I going to do that, and blah 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 blah, and and I'll freak for what a minute, possibly a minute and a half, and then I'll sort of align things in my head, going, well, actually, this takes priority. That stuff that was important to me in the big picture isn't really that important. So I'm I'm getting to well, yeah, you okay, know I can get around that. Let's do a bit of live coaching, right? Because <laughs> because you know something's just come to me with you, yeah. Um, I think you have a mindset of Jugala. Right. But I, but I think, uh, so, so what I mean by that is, no matter what the challenges and the obstacles, you you have a saying and you say it to me all the time. And because I, I say, you know, if we've, if we've run out of paper and we can't bind the training materials mm. or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, if, if the, if the transport and the trains are all canceled or whatever it might be, I always say something and you say, don't worry, the job needs doing. The job will get done. Yeah, yeah. 
And you always say that. You yeah. always say the job will get done. The job needed doing. Yeah. But the job needs doing. Yeah. So you've got that mindset. Yeah. But what happens is the run-up to that or the interim, you just send yourself crazy and, yeah, and, and, and yeah. get yourself in, in a shadow state and all triggered. Yeah. And, you know, so um, you're sort of, you're Jew Gara. But the you, you you it's still frustrating along I've the got, way. I've got delayed you, Gareth. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you always say, but the job needed doing. Yeah, but the thing is, am I telling you that, or am I telling me that? Yeah, problem, <laughs> who knows? But it works, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so going back to it, um, <clears throat> you've come back. Let's. I would think it would be safe to say, out of all the trips you've done, mm. and and all the places we've been with T two, you've come back from India probably more inspired than yeah. the other trips, and not that. And, and for the sole reason of what these people are capable of and, and doing and the mindset they have mm. around achieving things with a, such sometimes a lack of resource. Yeah. You know, and and it's almost humbling and it's inspiring the fact that if these people can achieve what they're achieving, yeah, what could we do with that right type of mindset, yeah. with a bit of due gather? Certainly. And we did link it to Challenge State because yeah. we spend our lives saying to people, stop focusing on what you don't have. Yeah. Stop focusing on the consequence of what might happen, mm. right? And start focusing on what you can do and what you do control yes. and what you want to achieve. Yes. And that's what a Challenge State is and not a Threat State. Mm. And due gather is a mentality where um, that happens. But to your point, in the Western world, we have to get ourselves into that mindset. It's mm. like we have to talk ourselves yeah. into it. We have a wobble, and then we say, "Come on, you know, let's crack on and let's yeah. do it." They habitually just follow yeah. that that mantra. It's their default setting. It's a it mantra. Really is yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they don't have a wobble. Yeah. Uh, and to come on to a point you made earlier on, it is related. But um, yes, they have a certain way of doing things, and they are um, they are they have a will do attitude. Um, I think the lowest the go, it would be a can-do attitude. Yeah, I can do it. No, they will do it, and 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 it's just a default setting. But having said that, when you start looking at the interconnectedness by people, we're still talking about people mm. uh, and whether they are Indian, British, or quite from Malaysia, from Costa Rica, whatever. They are still people. So we still have these interactions that aren't always positive yeah so uh, when we start talking about unconscious motivators so yes they still have the similar they encounter similar problems and, and they encountered similar situations that leaders and managers do in this country but they also have this together yeah and 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 that's the thing is so i'm doing one-to-ones with these people and these people are saying oh yeah when this happens and that happens and that triggers me and that triggers me and, and it reassures me that they are still people However, culturally, their cultural bias is, I'm going to do this. This yeah. will happen. Yeah. Um, things might get in the way. I might have a lack of resource. And this is a new, this, sorry, this has just led me on to another thing. It is due to a lack of resources or a lack of time, but it is not an excuse of, well, they managed to do that without resources so we can cut those resources out. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 It, it's either doing, they're doing great work. Mm. So can you imagine what we could do if we if we created X or we gave them Y? Yeah. Absolutely, because that's important, isn't it? Otherwise, you, we're never going to evolve and make it. Just because people can get by and yeah. can be resourceful doesn't mean it should be the long-term thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? That That's maybe a message to, to uh, in the Western world to organizations and leaders. Mm. Sometimes what happens in organizations is um, – 
through a certain circumstance, they they maybe lose a position or they make somebody redundant or whatever it might be. And when that space becomes free, they, they load on you know some of the duties to other people in the department. And then after three to four months, because these people are working around the clock and overtime and becoming resourceful, they say, well, actually... I could probably not backfill this role. I can save on the salary and cut costs and just because we're managing okay, mm. that is not a good, that's not good formal leadership, right? That's only going to create more pressure, more stress, mm. uh, et cetera. You know, so we've got to think about that. Just because people are being resourceful to drive outcomes doesn't mean to say it should be the long-term strategy. Does that make sense? Very much so. I, because I think, you know, it's all right people being resourceful and that's what we want. But we also want to support them as organizations the best we can to give them that time, right, to be able to deliver effectively without being overloaded or, you know, because it's unsustainable sometimes, right? That's the thing. And if you're you're a company or a leader who's thinking about the bottom line rather than your people and sort of saying, well, I'm going to be saving this and I'm going to be saving that because I've loaded these other people up on the job. Because it's unsustainable, then when that falls over, when that situation collapses, then your bottom line is going to suffer. So yeah, you're getting you're getting a short term gain, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not sustainable. Uh, and and then you start. The thing is, when it falls over, you've got the temptation then to blame the person who's fallen over when actually they're working over and above to make sure you get what you want, and they've just run yeah. out of road. So let's come back to um, Jugara and some of the things you experienced in your on your Indian trip. Um, one of the other things I noticed, Spence, when you returned back was we, we talked about gratitude earlier on. Mm. Gratitude's a big part of Indian culture. Yeah. And by far, it is probably the engagement that we've delivered where we've had the greatest amount of feedback, genuine uh, feedback in terms of people posting on social media, people acknowledging what a wonderful opportunity it was for them to develop as a, as a leader with, with us going over. Um, generally, how much they enjoyed the experience, what they took from it. And um, and we were inundated with messages for a while. And is that a reflection? You know, we do get feedback from a lot of stuff we do. And in general, we're very lucky at T2 because I believe we're good at what we do. But we generally get good feedback, which reinforces what we're doing is right. And it's enough to go again. But this one particularly felt really heartfelt and genuine and sincere and just, is that another reflection of the gratitude that they have for any opportunity which advances them forwards? Uh, I, I do believe that's probably <clears throat> the case. I, w- I would I would align with that. Um, but I also think that because, and I, I know I keep going back to Saurab, he's a great guy, he's so inventive outside the box thinking and investing in his people um not just it's not necessarily focused just on the job but it's because the people all the other stuff getting these opportunities that other people don't get then yeah okay we got loads of good feedback but at the end of the day he facilitated it he made that happen and that's important we always say when leaders include themselves in the in the development process when they don't exclude themselves and say right, my team need training mm. and feedback to me on how they've done. Yeah. When they actually say, no, we're going to go through this together and I'm going to be involved and I'm going to champion the purpose and why we're doing it and what we want to get out of it and I'm going to open myself up to improve, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. And, and I wrote a post on LinkedIn just the other day about the four principles of what our customers do who who receive more value 
from leadership development than the ones who don't. And the four principles was the first one was top down. Mm. It's where the programs rolled from the top down, where the, the office of the CEO, the senior execs don't exempt themselves from going through the development themselves. Yeah, casting a cultural a- shadow. Absolutely. Mm. Number two was what I call doubling up. It's where the managers and the senior leaders who have been through it also go through it again with their direct reports. Yeah. That's essential for mutual understanding, right? Mm. We're in this together. And doubling up was 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 the second one, you know. The um, the third one was around um, embedding. So how then after the program is delivered, what are they doing internally to own, champion, and embed the learnings? And Sal Rab's one of them people from who, who not only championed it from the top down, mm. but he sat through it with his entire team and facilitated it yeah. help, or helped facilitate it. And without a doubt now, he's looking at ways with us mm. via the hub and via some of his internal resources of how he can continue this living on yeah. with his people. Mm. And that's what a great leader does, right? Mm. I agree totally. I agree totally. And it, it, and it is, uh, I mean, he doesn't arm it that he's quite a charismatic guy. Yeah. Um, but he's all he's he's just putting things in place like um the weekend after, because I came back on the Friday, or I set off back on the Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He put together um Olympics weekend um where he got teams from the company to do these Olympics. When I say Olympics, it was yeah, it's a general term. So they play cricket. Cricket's big in India, if you didn't know. Massive, yeah. yeah. Um they had different events, they had um they had uh uh, this uh, shuffleboard game that they do, Crom, I think they call it. Crom, right. I, I can't remember what they call it, but yeah, that. Like, uh, but the ad, the way he constructed the teams was, you can't be in a team from your own department. So you've each team's got a captain, but you've got to go to a different a different team to be part of it. Yeah. So <clears throat> the idea being basically that forget about the, the Olympics thing. During the working day, you can walk into any department and you know at least two people in yeah, there. Yeah, and you have a memory of them from, yeah. the, from the day you did the, the Olympics weekend. Somebody looks up and smiles yeah. at you. Yeah? yeah. And, and and that's for everybody. And I just thought, it's so simple, but it's so inspired. And 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 the fact that <clears> he's <throat> done that to finish off a, a week of development with, with you, you know, it's like we've done some intense self-reflection and some some development here, let's go and have a bit of fun, but continue that um, that collaboration and that understanding of each other. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I certainly, although it was a tiring trip for you, hmm. you know, with trains, planes, and automobiles <laughs> um, to get to Pune in India, um, you came back with a little bit of a glow. You came back a bit feeling a bit inspired, I felt. Uh, yeah, very much so. I, I'd, I'd agree with you there. I mean, it's been a cra- this last six months has been crazy for us, as I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, the opportunities we've had and the companies we've worked with, um, and the people I've actually met. Um, so yes, I, I won't deny India was inspiring for me. Um, it was vibrant. There was a buzz about the place, no matter where you went, whether it was two blokes carrying a broken fridge full of straw on the back of a moped, <laughs> which was bizarre. <laughs> Your random traffic stopping cow. People actually. <laughs> I mean, this Jugara, I need to get over there, but this particular side of the road is blocked. So I'll go on the other side of the road. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, that's that's the way they live, and, and that's how they get through things. But, yeah, it's a vibrant place. It's a massively influential place. I can't wait to go back again. But it's not just India. It's the Pune. It's, it's the Poland. It's the Kuala Lumpur. It's the Costa Rica. It's the working with companies here. It's traveling down south. It's all this stuff is just... 
And that's why we're able to put the content together that we do, because we, yeah. we're bringing in insights from not just around the UK, but around the globe on what organizations are doing, what the best cultures seem to drive. You know, there's more than one way to achieve it. It's not yeah. just one, right? But we're learning all the time that there are some universal principles mm. of driving collective output. And um so it's fascinating, Spence. And, and I'll just go back to you said about the driving on the wrong side of the road and the cow wandering around the street. <laughs> you also sent me a picture which just blew my mind, which obviously would never happen in the Western world, but it was a motorbike, like quite a long motorbike with an entire family <laughs> sat on the motorbike. There was the, the dad driving with two kids either side of him and the mum on the back. Yeah. And yeah. no helmets, right? Yeah. Middle of the busy, busy, mo like, you know, roadway. And it was just like, that's an example of we've just, this, we haven't got a car. But my family needs to get to this end of the of the yeah. city. Yeah. Get on the bike. Yeah. Right. And it's just an amazing cultural <laughs> place, right? It is. It is. Spence, we're we're more or less at the end of this hubcast. So um just to wrap us up, um, I think there's some there's something key there in what we've been discussing that supports all of our mindset stuff, all of our resources versus resourcefulness message, certainly the challenge state stuff, and it's Jugada. Yeah. And Jugada is, just read it out one last time. <laughs> Do what needs to be done with the resources that you have in the optimum time to the required standard to achieve the objective. Just bloody get on with it. Yeah. Find a way and get on with it. Stop yeah. procrastinating. Stop blaming X, Y, and Z as to yeah. why I can't do things. What do we have right now? Yeah. What do we need to achieve? And how do I get there? And when you start asking them questions and start writing ideas down, things happen. Yeah. Nobody's coming. I have to do this. Exactly. Spencer Lockett, loved that. Fascinating uh, insight. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Martin. We'll be back with shortly with another T2 Hubcast. Thank you.